Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, so I got to tell you, I'm super pumped up about this particular episode. I know this isn't our normal release time. Don't usually drop a show on a Wednesday, but hey, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. We're calling this episode 16.5, so kind of a nice little in-between. We'll still have an episode coming out uh, this coming Sunday, episode 17, but I just wanted to jump in and give you a little bit of extra boost as you get through your week. You know, Teacher Appreciation Week is such a fun week. Uh, There's always so many great activities happening, and we're really celebrating people who are making a difference in the lives of our kids and who make a difference in our lives. And I just wanted to chime in just a little bit. You know, I, I don't have the opportunity this year to be in a school during Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, Obviously, you know, this is my first year away from public education. And as it turns out, I'm not booked anywhere this week. So what a great opportunity. I just want to bounce in, tell you how much I appreciate you. And I'm going to share a couple of stories with you, too. So uh, let's let's kind of dive in here really quick. This can be a short podcast. I know I say that every time and and then they turn out not to be. But but this time I actually think I'll be able to stick to that. Um, Here's the thing. So it is Teacher Appreciation Week, and, and we should get this out of the way right off the bat, that our teachers should be appreciated more than just this week. Um, Honestly, we need to show appreciation and love to teachers year-round because it's year-round that they really make a difference, that they make an impact in each one of our lives and the lives of kids everywhere in the country. So actually across the globe, I shouldn't even just say in the country, I apologize for that. Teachers make an impact all across the globe. And Man, you're amazing. I don't know how you're doing it this year. I mean, let, let's be straight. This is a tough year. The last couple of years have been tough. And, you know, there was that little tiny window of time when all of a sudden teachers were loved and revered and thought we were amazing. You know, that, that two, three, four, five weeks after the pandemic started, and then that was pretty much it. Now, the love doesn't exist like it should for teachers. So, We've just got to continue to find the opportunities, not just in Teacher Appreciation Week, to say thank you, because they truly are making a difference, um, and they truly um, touch everybody's lives. I mean, I was thinking about it this week, about some of the teachers that, when I reflect back, really made a difference for me. You know, I, I've even said, I know a few times in interviews, that I didn't have that teacher But maybe I did, and maybe I have not been, I don't know, as reflective as I need to be about that. Because just this week alone, I could think of three teachers who really made a difference for me. Now, no, they were not the ones who were the reason I went into education. I still don't have that teacher story, but that's okay. Um, I do, though, have some teachers that really made a difference for me. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today and, and share with you maybe a couple of my bamboo stories as well. You know, kids that, that I had in the classroom that many, many years later uh, reached out and, and told me that I'd made a difference in their lives when I didn't necessarily realize that I had. So let, let me start with the teachers that 
I've been thinking about, the ones who really impacted me. And I'll be honest with you, um, the first one I, I go back to when I was in second grade. And if you've ever moved in the middle of a, of a school year, you know what I'm about to talk about. It is so difficult to be the new kid in a school. And when I was in second grade, my parents bought a new house. And I mean, it's the home that I, to this day, consider the house that I grew up in. I mean, again, I was in second grade when we moved into it. And my parents thought it was a good idea because we were moving clear across town to, instead of, you know, driving us back to our other school, to enroll us in this new school with five weeks left to go in the school year so that we could meet some other kids who were kind of in our neighborhood. And it was the right thing for them to do. I'm grateful that they did it. Um, but it's hard being the new kid, right? And being the new kid, I had, as my second grade teacher, a woman named Mrs. Adele. And I will tell you, I will forever be grateful for her. Because even in just those five weeks, she did such a great job. And I know she was intentional about it, looking back, on making sure that I felt welcomed, that I felt included, that I was seen and I was heard and I was loved in her classroom. I mean, with five weeks left in the school year, I mean, she could have let me fall through the cracks, but she didn't do that. And uh, I'll always be grateful for her. You know, teachers, I know there's a lot of you doing this right now. You're getting new kids moving into your classroom. I mean, holy cow, we're so transient as a, as a society now that we're always getting new kids. If you're doing something to be intentional about welcoming that kid, wow, thank you for doing that. From somebody who experienced it, thank you for doing that. It makes such a difference. Um, I think about Mr. Stark, who was my sixth grade teacher and, and the only male elementary teacher I ever had. It was interesting having Mr. Stark, and I think he was a first-year teacher when I had him. But I had had a very poor fourth grade experience. Um, it was traumatic, and it's a story for another time. But but suffice it to say, I went from a very confident student to absolutely not a confident student. Um, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. Um, I didn't like school. And I was a kid who loved school. I mean, I really, I didn't want to go to school. I was pretending to be sick. I mean, I just, it was a terrible, terrible experience. And Yes, I I was okay in fifth grade. I think I was kind of coming out of that experience. But Mr. Stark really, really was intentional with supporting me. And man, I learned to love learning again because of him. Uh, he just, he made a true difference for me. And, you know, I think back on that uh, quite a bit. And I know I probably never told him thank you. And I highly doubt that Mr. Stark is listening to my podcast. But if you are, thank you, because you made a difference for me. The third teacher I want to tell you about was my eighth grade history teacher. And <laughs> he was a great teacher to have. I had him at the right time, I think, because as an eighth grader, I was a pretty confident kid. I was, you know, I was an athlete, you know, I was doing well in the classroom, but I still was a little bit reserved with my teachers. And um, Mr. Schaefer, Brett Schaefer is his name. Mr. Schaefer was that, was really the first person that I kind of learned that it's okay to have a kind of a bit of a relationship, a friendship with your teachers. 
We talk about it all the time now that building relationships is the most important thing we can do in the classroom. And he was the one that first modeled that for me. And, and here's an ironic twist for you. When I was in college, I was coaching an elementary school basketball team. It's actually the elementary school that I went to, Pine View Elementary. And I had Brent Schaefer's son on my basketball team, and I got to coach him, which was great because, because Mr. Schaefer had coached me. And uh, it, was, it was really cool to kind of see that, see that all come back around. Um, you know, it's, it's those stories, folks, that make the difference for us. You know, people who've never been an educator don't get it. I mean, they just don't. And it's not their fault. But until you're around kids like we are as educators, you just, you don't get the impact you make and the relationships you build and the things that you see each and every day. I mean, every day you have the opportunity to see something that will bring you to tears because of laughter and something that will bring you to tears because of how sad or how devastating it is. That doesn't happen in most jobs. It really doesn't because education is not a job, you know, and you can say it's a calling. I appreciate that. I think it's right. Um, Some people will, you know, I guess joke about that, but it truly is a calling. It truly is. It's, it's who you are. It's such a big part of who you are and you put your heart and your soul into it. Um, I remember a conversation I had with the husband of a teacher that I used to work with somebody who truly was a really, really good friend. And her husband's a really good guy. And I remember him telling me over a drink at the end of a school year once how what he saw in his wife when she would come home from work and she worked with a lot of um, really high at-risk students. Um, In fact, she's one of the most brilliant at-risk teachers I've ever been around. So Christy, if you're listening, you rock. Um, But her husband said to me, you know, Darren, when I go to work, (laughs) I know what the product that I've produced at the end of the day is. He's like, Christy comes home. She doesn't know if she's made a difference or not. You know, because the truth is, teachers, your job is not to teach fourth grade or middle school science or high school algebra. I mean, your job is to take this human being that's in your classroom and in nine months, roughly, turn them into a little bit better human being. Now, you use math or science or reading or whatever as your medium for that work. But I mean, we're in the people business, folks. We can't forget that. And I think people forget that about us. You know, those who want to try to tear down our profession don't understand that our work is about human beings. That, that's the product that we have. And we do it brilliantly. We really do. I mean, there's no good quality metric that can measure what it is that you're actually doing. And, you know, I defy folks to try and find it. You know, it's certainly not going to come from Congress. You know, I mean, not from the group who brought you No Child Left Behind or, or any of those kinds of metrics. That doesn't measure the impact that we have. Yes, it measures if, you know, a kid got a little bit better at math that year. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But you can't really measure what we do in any type of quantifiable scale. You just can't. I, I would tell you the best way to measure what you do is what I call the bamboo effect. And that's the stories that come years down the road. 
you know, we put in, we put in so much effort, so much heart and soul, and we, we don't know if we're making a difference until so many years later. So let, let me tell you a little bit more about, about bamboo so that that makes a little sense to you. The Chinese bamboo plant, when the seeds first germinate, they don't show growth above the ground for five years. I mean, it is the beginning of the fifth year before you see any growth above the ground. And it's not because the plant is lying dormant. It's not. It's working so hard under the soil to develop a root system that's going to be able to sustain and support this massive plant. In order to support something that big, it's going to take time. That's a lot of what we do. We spend so much time building the foundation of these human beings that we're with each and every day. And many, many, many years later, they become these incredible human beings. And if we're lucky, they come back and talk to us about it and share that information. You know, just like with the bamboo plant at year five, that's when there's finally, finally some plant that actually comes up out of the ground. And honestly, it'll, it'll grow as much as 80 feet in six weeks once it comes up above the ground. You know, you've experienced this, not, not the bamboo part. You've experienced this in your classroom or in your school. I remember many, many times as a principal, I'd be a kid that, you know, known them since they were a freshman. And honestly, with my own kid coming through and, and me getting to be her principal, they were kids I'd known for 10 years. And then there was this incredible growth. And you don't see it and you don't see it. And all of a sudden, there's something. And you see it in this kid and you're like, Oh my gosh, where did this growth come from? I mean, those are those bamboo moments, you know, when not just the, the light bulb moment where the kid gets it and you're like, yeah, boom, he got it. Those are great. But those moments when, holy cow, look at all the growth from that kid. I'm so proud of him. And not even necessarily academic growth or physical growth, but just intellectual and emotional, um, you know, just the growth that you can see and how they interact, how they carry themselves. And you know that so much of that comes from the work that's been done in education with that kid. Now, I'm not slighting their parents. Their parents certainly have an impact there, but we know we have an impact there too. And it's those moments when we're really proud. Some of the other bamboo moments are those stories when years later you hear from a kid that you had in the classroom or that was in your building when you were a principal or something like that. And they share something that you probably never thought of, but they tell you about how much it impacted them. A few weeks ago, I was at the memorial service for a teacher that I never worked in the same building with, but we ran in the same circles. We played softball together. We umpired together. We played basketball together, all kinds of stuff. And always considered him a colleague and, and until I was at his service, I guess I didn't necessarily realize how much I looked up to him and how much I appreciated him for what he did and what he stood for. But it was incredible to listen to the stories of some of his former students. And after the service, a former student of mine came over and he shook my hand and kind of gave me a hug and said, you know, that gentleman made a difference in my life. And he said, and so did you, Mr. Pepperd. What, what you did for me, I can't even put into words. So thank you. I, I remember as I left the service, 
Um, and I didn't spend as much time visiting with that young man as I should have, as, and, and honestly, as much as I wanted to. And I reflected back on that, honestly, as I was driving back to the airport. And I messaged him and, and told him, you know, hey, Mike, I'm sorry, I should have spent more time talking to you. And he said, no, no, that's, I don't know that I was in the mood to talk a lot either. I just really wanted to let you know how much you meant to me. So next time I'm there, I will definitely take him out to dinner and, and be able to have much, much more conversation with him. But, you know, when you get those moments, unexpected moments, when a student reaches out or says something to you about the impact you've made, teachers, that's the payoff. That's the appreciation, right? I mean, the water bottles and the cakes and the luncheons and all that kind of stuff, th those are cool. But real appreciation, at least from my perspective, was always when you got those genuine, heartfelt, authentic thank yous. Um, another quick bamboo story for you. Um, and, and this, this is kind of cool. So a young lady that I had in class, both at the junior high school level and then again at the high school level, um, she and I've reconnected over the last, I don't know, six or nine months. Um, she's, she's had some struggles in her life. You know, I mean, we, we all have some struggles, um, but I'm really proud of who she's become and, and how she's overcome those. And maybe I shouldn't say who she's become. I should just simply say I'm proud of who she is because saying who she's become implies that, you know, who she was, wasn't good enough, but that's part of her story. I mean, let's be honest. That's, she's the same person. She just has had to grow through these struggles like many, many of us have, have done in, in our own, in our own way. But anyway, she and I have, have interacted uh, a few times. I got a chance to listen to her on a podcast um, which just filled my heart with joy, honestly, just to listen to her voice um, and remember her as a as an eighth grader, remember her as a sophomore, junior, whichever year it was that I, I had her in the classroom. And um, I had her older brother in class. I had her younger sister on my basketball team. I never had her younger sister in the classroom. But interestingly, her younger sister reached out to me because of a conversation that, that the two of them had had about how I'd reconnected with uh, with the older sister. And I guess I could give you names so you're not trying to keep track. Jamie is the, the older sister, the one that I had in the junior high and the high school level. And then Kristen is the, the younger sister. Kristen, by the way, a fourth grade teacher. So Kristen, thank you. Teacher Appreciation Week. Shout out to Kristen. And uh, Kristen actually is going into administration and she and I are going to connect later, uh, later this month and have a conversation. Um, it really warms my heart that she wants to hear some insight from me as she gets ready to start her administration career. And, you know, I'm certainly going to give her, you know, as many tips and pieces of advice as I can. Um, but uh, I have a feeling that she knows in her heart and in her core what she needs to do. She just needs some words of encouragement. So I'm happy to do that. Um, look, here's the thing. Um, I told you this wasn't going to be a long podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that. So I just want to say thank you. Um, that's the point of my rambling today is thank you. You know, teachers, thank you for the late nights that you put in, um, for, for being a surrogate parent, for coaching kids in their sports and sponsoring their activities and, you know, for sacrificing your time from your loved ones to, to be there for a kid who needs your heart so very much. Um, 
you know, thank you for attending dance recitals and band concerts and science nights and swim meets and tennis matches, all of those things, you know, that, that you go to that, you know, people are like, why is the, why, you know, why is, why is Mr. Peppered here? Well, came here to cheer on one of his kids, you know, thank you for doing that. Cause I know you do it. You do it more than I did. I know that. And I appreciate that from you. Um, thank you for putting up with angry parents, uh, for putting up with below average pay. Um, <laughs> thank you for putting up with buildings that maybe have terrible heat or, uh, let's just say less than standard air conditioning. Um, thanks for going out for recess duty and weather that honestly, the average sane person would say, nope, that's a hard pass. Not going to do it. Thanks for holding kids' hands, giving them a hug. You know, thanks for sharing kind words and being their lighthouse, their cheerleader, their guidance counselor. Sometimes you're the only one in their life that's going to hold them to a standard or that's going to provide a positive role model, you know, and you're probably the only one at times who actually makes them accountable for their actions. Thank you for holding it together when at times you feel like folding. Thank you for, thank you for loving your profession, especially in a time when others really want to try and tear it down. Um, thank you for loving your profession. Um, we all need to do that. We all need to speak into the universe the positives and the values of being an educator and why it's important and why we make a difference. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a colleague, for being a mentor, for being a sounding board, for being a shoulder to cry on, and for being a voice of reason for those around you. I had so many great teachers around me as I was making my journey through my 11 years in the classroom who were all of those things to me, who were the mentor, the colleague, the sounding board, the shoulder to cry on, and definitely the voice of reason. Honestly, folks, there are a million different things I could say thank you for. Um, and as I was putting a list together today, I just finally had to tell myself, okay, just, just stop. Because what it comes down to is this. Thank you for being that teacher for someone. Not everybody can do what you do. And you do it for all the right reasons. So thank you for that. You know, teachers, I want you to know that I see you, I hear you, and I value you. I know that what you do makes a difference. And I'm proud to call you my colleagues. I'm proud to share this incredible profession with you. And I simply want to say thank you. I hope you have a road to awesome week. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.